Can you follow a religion and also be a super manifester? Is there a connection between the two or is one getting in the way of the other? Stay tuned to understand everything about how religion and manifestation are connected. Hi, I'm Lauren Vaknin and you're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast. I created this podcast following my journey from severe disability since infancy to complete wellness as a way to share my passion of healing the whole self. Because I learned in my own journey to wellness and through my two decades in the wellness industry that it makes no difference what you're here to heal. It all requires the same whole person approach. We tackle everything from trauma, health optimization and neuroplasticity to manifestation, holistic parenting and everything in between to help you create an optimized life of well-being, abundance, self-mastery and purpose. You're not meant to live a life of stagnation and you're not meant to be just fine. So hang around and let me help you recondition your life back to wholeness. A quick but important message from me before we get started, so please don't fast forward this. The Uncover Your Purpose three-day challenge is back. It is my free offering to women from all over the world who want to up-level their lives and learn how to find and step into their purpose. From the 27th to the 30th of March at 12.30pm GMT, I will be leading you through a powerful, impactful challenge that won't cost you anything other than 30 minutes of your time. And within that, you'll learn about identity, shadow, inner child, manifestation, and so much more. And there will be prizes up for grabs. The first one being a scholarship place on the Recondition Your Life Academy, which you all know changes women's lives. The last UIP challenge was epic and dynamic and this one will be even bigger and better. Just head to the link in the show notes right now or go to laurenvacneen.co.uk forward slash UIP to register your place. Trust me ladies, you don't want to miss this one. Okay, welcome back everyone. I'm so glad you're here. I wanted to do this episode because I felt like it was being channeled to me when I was thinking about manifestation and it deserves an episode because a lot of people end up with this inner conflict over how they can align themselves in their religious beliefs and what we talk about here in terms of spirituality and connection and manifestation. Now it may sound controversial to you, I hate that word because (laughs) all it means is that what someone says doesn't align with our truth, but I'm here to optimize my brain and I'm constantly considering other views. What I'm talking about now is in direct polarity to what my views were about this 15 years ago and that's because I'm always asking questions. I'm always trying to get closer to truth. So just go with me here or if it doesn't align with your truth, then don't, that's also okay. You can choose to listen to something that you feel will serve you better. Okay, so I want to start with my thoughts on religion so that you can understand my perspective and where it's coming from and what it actually means to me. So for context, for those who don't know, I'm from a Jewish family. I raised my kids as Jewish, but with more of an emphasis on what I'll call spirituality, but what does that even mean? Being spiritual is about coming back to the truth of who we are underneath any of the conditioning and anything else that got in the way of that. 
Now, sometimes it's the religious beliefs of our families that get in the way of that, if it's not authentic to us. So why do I continue to see myself as Jewish, even though I feel I'm aligned in my truth of who I am as a cosmic being, separate to this body and this particular incarnation I'm experiencing here on earth right now? Well, I do that because I believe I chose to incarnate here right now and learn the lessons available to me from this life and this family I've chosen. And this is where Again, everything is nuanced. I don't believe there's ever a black and white in anything. Because I'm Jewish, I can't be spiritual. Because I'm spiritual, I can't follow a religion. There is so much gray in all of this. And I think the issue often is that we don't assess that and we don't look at that. Um, I think that I chose to be here in this body, um, in this life, in this incarnation, within this family. And as a cosmic being who's made that decision... I'm honoring those decisions for this life that I'm living right now. Now, it doesn't cause me harm because I do it how I see fit and I do it in a way that doesn't cause anyone else any harm. And I'll get onto that, what I mean uh, by that a bit later. And my spiritual teacher often talks about the ancestors and how honoring them is integral to our spiritual development. Honoring where we came from, how it shaped us, what our ancestors learned and passed down to us. And the lessons we can take from their lives, whether that's lessons passed down from the elders or lessons we've observed in how we can improve on their choices. I believe there are merit and blessings in honouring your heritage, feeling it in your blood and passing that down to our children so that they can feel part of their heritage connected to their ancestors. I think tradition is really important. I often talk about ritual and tradition and ritual are interwoven into the human experience since the beginning of time. It gives us roots and helps us feel like we belong. Now, I grew up in a Moroccan-Israeli family where the culture is very, very rich. Traditions are taken really seriously, like the ways we celebrate or the ways we mourn. And it was colourful. It was colourful and rich with experience. Lots of food, lots of family, lots of laughing and playing and partying and happiness. Lots of passionate Moroccan aunties also, <laughs> which can have its downsides. Of course, a lot of unhealed trauma in all of our ancestors, which can have its downsides. But all of our ancestors have trauma, not just specific cultures. Essentially, I want to pass all this down, all these experiences to my children so that they can experience feeling part of a tribe. I want them to learn about the festivals we celebrate, the songs we sing, the clothes we wear on certain festivals. Even the ways we mourn loved ones because I'm honouring my ancestors and even honouring my parents by doing that. Now all that aside, let me offer my views on religion itself and of course, as always, this is my own perspective based on my own experiences of life and my journey with spirituality and I believe that everyone comes from their own journey through their own worldview based on their own experiences and I come to this with nothing but love and respect. These are just my views based on what I've experienced in my life. So I believe God is a divine being. For me, it doesn't matter if I refer to God as God, the universe, source, divine spirit, whatever. It's all the same. I don't see God as a gendered being. I will not refer to God as he. God is an energy that we as humans cannot fully grasp not one being residing everywhere, but still one, still still separate. 
right? We are interconnected into God. We are God. I believe God isn't a malevolent being who wants to punish us when we do something wrong. I believe that God is love. And in order for us to experience and understand love, we need to have the polarity of that. We need polarities in everything. Because how would we understand good if we don't know bad? This season of Reconditioned is made possible thanks to Hifastatera, and I'm a little bit obsessed with them and I want to tell you why. So if you follow me on social media, you'll know I talk about mushrooms a fair bit. Yes, I am that wild, and no, not the psychedelic kind. Not this time anyway. I've known about the crazy health benefits of medicinal mushrooms for a while, especially after watching Fantastic Fungi on Netflix, but I never found a brand that I fully trusted. And then I came across Hifas Deterra, and I am not exaggerating when I say it has been life-changing. They have medicinal mushroom products to support autoimmune diseases, allergies, hormonal imbalances, gut health, brain function, emotional well-being, musculoskeletal issues, the list is endless. And because they're one of the few mycotherapy companies to actually carry out clinical trials on their products, they've been able to develop their Onco range, specifically for cancer. And potentially my favorite, they have products for children's immune systems and the gut-brain axis. Great for ADHD, sensory issues, and gut support. These have got my kids through this winter of illness and they've made a huge difference to my son's sensory challenges. I'm swearing by them. Hifastatera mushrooms are not only certified organic, but they use the fruiting body of the mushroom as opposed to the root, which even the so-called top mycotherapy companies are not doing because it's more time consuming and more expensive, but Hifas are. Spoiler, you get more benefits from the fruiting body, which is one of the reasons Hifas products are more effective. The concentration and content of their products are also much higher than standard brands, and the company are constantly striving for quality, effectiveness, and safety, putting over 60% of their profits back into research. These products have changed my life, and I want you all to have access to this level of healing. So visit hifastaterra.co.uk, that's H-I-F-A-S-D-A-T-E-R-R-A.co.uk, and use code LAUREN15 for 15% discount. Thank you so much to Hifas Terra. And by the way, if you want to go deeper into this, a great place to start is the book Conversations with God, which I'm always recommending by Neil Donald Walsh. So I believe God has sent us many teachers and masters and sages to lead us back to our truth each time we got so caught up in the ego, the matrix, the non-truth of who and what we are at our core. So we were sent Krishna and Jesus and Muhammad and Moses and Buddha and Maimonides and Confucius and all the others. And I believe that there were many women there too, but the need for men to keep the Power meant that many women didn't get their names in history books, and that is another topic for another day. We were sent these teachers to lead us back to our truth, and yet we still misunderstood the meaning when we used their teachings to divide us into groups. So they came with their lessons, their teachings, their healing, and we still weren't quite evolved enough to take their teachings and fully integrate it into truth. Because truth is that there is no division. There is no separation between me and them, them and you, me and you. We're all connected. 
by energy. We will get on to how all this links into manifestation soon, so just stick with me. So religion as a concept was born. Generally, I believe all of them started on the basis of love and goodness, but a lot of it got lost along the way with misinterpretations of what God wanted from us. Like Jesus coming with all his truths and healing and lessons for us to become better, and then we murder him. When I say we, I mean humans, not Jews. (laughs) I just mean humans. Well, that was the Jews, but whatever, that's a different story for another day. I mean humans. It doesn't matter what religion someone chose. The point is, is that humans move into division, them versus us, the them versus us mentality. That's where we struggle and suffer from even today. Because it was all this stuff was too much for us to handle all these truths. And then we took what we interpreted to be his word and created laws of division around it. I don't believe God wants anything from us. I believe we are part of God and then we do our very best to continue being the best we can. But in order for these religions to work, there had to be some fear involved to keep people under control. Now don't forget, before the advent of agriculture 10,000 years ago, we lived in tribes and we moved around and we raised our young together and we shared food. And we probably had a deeper understanding about about the earth and how to live on her peacefully and give back to her, to Pachamama, Mother Gaia, instead of taking from her. And of course, with fear came division. And with division came hatred. We are the chosen ones, separate from them. This is our land. The way we do things is superior. The way we look is superior. How could any God want that from us? Now, through my own experiences, my own truth is that no spiritual master or great loving leader like Christ would ever have instructed us to hate anyone different. I don't think Jesus would have wanted any parent to disown their child if they're gay or to stone women to death over not covering themselves fully or to burn women alive for daring to offer to heal people using plants or to torture people into slavery. Something that's always been a challenge for me and I know it is for most people I speak to is fitting in time for all the spiritual and self-development practices I want to do. You know, I want to meditate and I want to do breath work and yoga and I want to walk in nature and connect with my guides and, you know, all the things. I want to do all the things every day, but I'm a mom and I run a business and, you know, yada, yada. And even as someone who really does put this stuff first, it's pretty impossible to fit it all in. So the one thing that really has helped me over the past year is the Sensate. It's a piece of health tech that fits in the palm of your hand. And it basically sends infrasonic waves through the chest to activate the vagus nerve and calm the autonomic nervous system. And you use it while playing the specially composed audio within the app, which is gorgeous. Really, it's pretty genius. The whole thing's pretty genius. And honestly, at the moment with my days being more full on than they've ever been since my kids starting a school that's quite far away and me being in the car so much, using the Sensate is the one thing I know will work on so many aspects of my well-being all at once. So even if I haven't had time to do any other practices during the day, I lie down at night and I use the Sensate for 10 to 20 minutes before I sleep and it reduces cortisol levels, so that's gonna be good for my immune system. It calms my brainwave state, so I know I'm gonna get good optimized sleep. It calms anxiety and because of how it activates the vagus nerve, 
It also deepens the meditation that I can do at that point. So I can kind of do all that in one go and lose that overwhelm of, oh my God, I haven't done enough today when it comes to my self-development and spiritual practice. And I also take it with me everywhere I go. So if I've got 10 minutes in the car while I'm waiting for the school gates to open, I can just do it then without the pressure of knowing that meditation would probably be a bit challenging for me in that state to transition into it when I'm probably in heightened brainwave states at that moment. So for me, generally, it's been pretty life-changing. And if what I spoke about resonates with you, you can get £30 off the Sensate by visiting getsensate.com and using code Lauren30. So that's getsensate, G-E-T-S-E-N-S-A-T-E dot com, Lauren30. What is Christ consciousness or Krishna consciousness? It's the consciousness of divinity. How can divinity want us to cause harm to anyone? Now, fellow Jews may or may not like this, and this is where I become a bit disillusioned because I believe humans, as humans, we're all contemporaries. But I don't believe Jews are the chosen people or that Jesus ever said or demonstrated anything along the lines of people having and torturing slaves or seeing one race as superior to another. All these are things that people have over the years said that they've done in the name of God. I don't believe in a malevolent God. I don't believe God punishes and I don't believe there is a devil or hell. I believe we create our own hell and our own devil. Think about the things you say to yourself when you hate yourself or you shame yourself. You're living in a sort of hell of your own creation. No one gave it to you. It's a structure you've created for yourself and you can dismantle that structure to create a heaven for yourself within. So where does manifestation come in? Well, in spiritual learnings, we understand that really underneath it all, there are only two emotions, love and fear. Fear exists so that we can be fully expressed in love. Like I said before, how would we know love if we didn't have the opposite? Every negative behavior or emotion comes under fear. So hatred, fear of how someone else can harm you. Sadness, fear of the emotion or situation. All of it is fear. Now fear holds a very low vibrational frequency. And you'll know this from all the other episodes I've done about manifestation. So do go back and listen to episode 99, the key thought process in manifestation and search for others that I've done also. So we know now through the science of quantum physics, which is the most exact of all sciences, that we are magnets for what we are in resonance with. And being that fear holds low vibrational frequency, if you're operating from a place of fear with your religious views, this will hinder your manifestations. Now I'm aware that many people come to religion with nothing other than love, and if you're there, you're in a great place to manifest. You're probably manifesting great things. But if any part of what you practice within your religious practice comes back to fear, fear of being punished, fear of the devil, fear of not going to heaven, fear of what will happen to you if you don't go to church, if you have sex outside of marriage, if you eat something not kosher, then you're bringing yourself the punishment. I don't believe there's a big God out there looking at you eat that thing or making love or not going to church saying, right, that's it. She's disobeyed me. She's being punished. Not in my opinion, anyway. The punishment comes from the fact that you're castigating yourself. The punishment is the hell you're creating for yourself. 
which in turn will lead to a low vibrational frequency, which will lead, which will magnetize you to situations you see as punishment. No money, bad relationships, things always going wrong, not getting the job, etc., etc. That's your external hell. That's the internal is all the negative ways you feel about yourself and that creates or makes you in resonance with the external. The life you create for yourself as a result of what you're manifesting based on your vibration. You can't manifest a life of abundance if you're living in fear. End of. So now I'm going to pick up on the three points of food, sex and church or place of worship. Again, this might be a bit controversial, um, but I'm going to go there because these are my views. This is my podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to put those views out there because I think it might help some people. So if you, and, and this stuff, this is the stuff that helped me when I was in this internal conflict of, but what about the religion I've been raised with? And, but these are my spiritual views and how do I align that, that, that internal conflict? So that's why I'm going here. So if you look deeply into Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism, as well as most other spiritual scriptures and knowledge that I know of sex, sex is a sacred act. When you're in communion with another soul, you're in communion with God. That is what Tantra is. Through sex, we can reach deep states of spiritual awareness and connection because we're in the present moment. Only when we're truly connected to the very present moment are we really connected to source. And you'll know through any amazing lovemaking session that this happens when you fully surrender into it. And then you also have the element of connection, of eliminating any separation into interconnectedness. And it goes without saying, we can reach these places through self-pleasure. And yet a lot in how religion has been translated tells us the opposite. And so many religions have shame around sex. I've worked with countless women who feel shame around sex, who were raised Catholic or Jewish or Muslim and others, by the way, as well. And they feel like they'll be punished. Even once they're married, the views that were given to them around sex if they came from fairly religious backgrounds, gave them this understanding that sex is bad. So internally, inside them, when they are having sex, they can't fully surrender into it because they have this deep subconscious limiting belief that it's bad. So they can't fully enjoy it. I'm not saying this is truth for everyone. And once again, another disclaimer, none of this is true for everyone. These are just points that are true for some people and hopefully will help some people who are suffering internal conflict on this subject. So as an example, I had a client not long ago, this amazing, beautiful girl in her mid-twenties, and she met a guy who treated her beautifully. She was having an amazing time with him. Now, she was raised devoutly Catholic, and eventually she did sleep with the boyfriend, but she felt so much shame and guilt the next day, which was a Sunday, that she went to Mass, and she went home crying. Now, I'd like to know who that is serving, and what God expects that level of shame from a woman? I don't think Mother Nature gave us this option of pleasure for us to try and renounce it. What are we going to manifest when we feel that level of shame that we feel we need forgiveness for just for experiencing pleasure and connection with another person? If there wasn't so much shame and so many rules around sex, maybe when we're young, we'd all make better decisions around it. Maybe we'd have had more expansive conversations about it growing up and be able to discern when it's not right for us. 
I don't believe that not giving young people fear around sex will make them promiscuous. I believe that the right conversations will enable them to truly know and respect themselves and therefore be able to make the right decisions. So then we've got the places of worship situation. So yes, there are some physical places that hold a high vibrational or that hold a high vibration and being in that place is going to make you feel closer to source, of course. But if you're not able to get there, that source energy is still within you and all around you and you have access to it at any point. Now coming together in congregation is a beautiful thing, don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing and it definitely does increase our vibration because many beings together all meditating on the same love for source can only bring goodness and that's why prayer is so powerful and that's why in Judaism we have something called a minion which is where 10 men are needed to carry out certain prayers to increase the power of the prayer. I won't get started on the men part of that (laughs) but it's not only it's not the only way to get there. And the same goes with laws over food. So I've grown extremely frustrated with the kashrut laws in Judaism, as have many rabbis who have written about this. And I I read my first article about, it was called Why Jews Should Be Vegan about seven years ago. And, you know, I've really been researching it recently. Um, And it's very interesting because this isn't just me coming out with my random views, although those are okay as well, because it's from my experience. But many rabbis have written about this. Many people are agreeing. Essentially, as a cosmic being of light, why would we want to cause harm to another cosmic being of light? Now, there is a food chain. There is a circle of life, yes. So back in the biblical days, one family or even a tribe would catch an animal and that animal would feed that group of people for quite a while. And the rest of the time, they'd forage from the land. And kashrut laws were there to ensure that upon killing the animal, it felt no pain. And that in times of low hygiene and sanitation, we chose the healthiest options that would lessen our chances of illness. Nowadays, this has been translated into, we still kill the animal in that same way. So for that split second, we're following this law that supposedly lessens its pain. But how the animal's kept for the entirety of its life isn't taken into consideration. Now, I've seen this for myself. So for any backlash about to come my way, I've seen these slaughterhouses. These animals are not kept in any different way to how supermarket economy meters. And yet when we're keeping kosher, we're paying a premium just to have a stamp that says that the animal was killed in a kosher way. Why are we not concerned with the animal's experience for the rest of its life before death? How did religion convince us that this is the better option? Did God intend for us to follow laws without thinking for ourselves as time went on? Or are we meant to adjust these ways of thinking as time adjusts our way of doing things? And guys, I eat meat. I was, as most of you who have been listening for a while know, vegetarian for a long time. And based on where I'm at with what my body needs, I eat meat. Now, I speak to my spiritual teacher about this a lot, about the circle circle of life and how we can honour it. And I do that because I buy it from a farm that values its animals, that farms in a way that we would do if we were still living on the land, not eating meat for every meal of every day, in a way that would change the world if we all did it like that. Where even their soil is regenerated so that the animals are eating the cleanest grass, not to mention not being pumped full of steroids and growth hormones and antibiotics. 
I don't believe that as a being who understands our connection to source, we're honoring that source by dishonoring our bodies in that way and the animals. And yes, I'm sure some people will be listening to this, calling me a hypocrite for eating meat at all. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. It's been a long journey for me. And my journey has led me to know that honoring my body, which is the vessel through which my soul converges with this 3D life, that's what's best for me. And I do it as intentionally as possible. This is my journey and it's been a long road, but I'm okay with where I'm at, regardless of what anyone else's views are on it. I do believe that when we do something intentionally, it holds value. Eating things that nourish my body, so not buying sweets and processed foods with MSG and who knows what else, and being okay with it because it was being sold in the kosher shop and therefore God is okay with it, I don't believe that that is going to nourish me. There are just, these are just some points. And of course there are many. And really it makes no difference which point we pick up on. The point behind it all is that if we're making these unhealthy choices based on fear, because why else would we make these choices if it wasn't fear of punishment of doing something you've been told isn't right, then you won't be in a positive place to manifest. So even if this has been super uncomfortable for you to listen to, even if you wanted to shout at me and disagree with me, I would invite you to spend some time reflecting on everything I've said and whether or not some of it actually does align with the truth of who you are underneath religion, underneath anything that isn't your true authentic self. Because as we know, when we're operating from a place of true authenticity, we are in resonance with all the magic we deserve. That's manifestation. Okay, so just to of course say that again, regardless of anything I've said here that may have made you uncomfortable or that you don't agree with, I still respect and appreciate everyone and have love for you all. And I appreciate you being here. I am just here to try and get people to step out of conditioning and reassess our beliefs so we can all heal. Okay, thank you for being here today and for listening to me. And I hope that this did help you resolve any internal conflict that you might have around um, religion and manifestation. Thank you so much for being here. If you haven't yet heard, I have just released a free, yes, free journaling course. If you've always wanted to try journaling, but just don't know where to start, or you've been hearing how powerful journaling can be, but you just don't understand why, or you want to create a daily practice that enhances your life, but you just need a little support in doing that without it costing you anything, this course will do all that for you. It is packed with content that will show you just why journaling is important, how to do it, where to start, and how to make it work for you. It is completely free and that is as a way for me to pay it forward because journaling really is one of the most integral parts of my growth practice and I want to give that to you. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to get the course sent directly to your inbox. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconditioned. I am honestly so grateful to each and every person that tunes in. Thank you also for taking responsibility for your own well-being. You should know that just by choosing to listen to podcasts like this that further your well-being, you're moving more deeply into abundance consciousness.
Now, don't forget, I have a bunch of free resources over at laurenvacneen.co.uk, as well as every recommendation you could ever need in regards to your well-being on the LV Recommends page, all categorized for your ease. Thank you also to our sponsors. These episodes would not be possible without them, so make sure to check them out and get some pretty awesome discounts on the show notes. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get updated each time a new one is released. Thank you. I appreciate you. Reconditioned is proud to be working with Women for Women International, a charity that supports women survivors of war in eight war-torn countries around the world. You can help a woman survivor of war transform her life today by visiting womenforwomen.org.uk forward slash donate.